Perfect timing. Uh, good evening. It's uh, May 30th, 2019. We are here at the Long Run, um, 2452 Sutherland Avenue with the Deadhead and the Engineer. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, deadhead.engineer865. I'm Patrick. I'm Ethan. And it's very special. Excuse me. Very special occasion this evening here. We're at the Bliss Corner at Troopers Library. Um, it's episode 16. Um, and so, of course, I have to delve back into 5-30-1980. Uh, Milwaukee Auditorium in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Grateful Dead played a fantastic show that night. Uh, I was not there because I was only born a couple of months earlier. Um, and, you know, uh, it was an excellent Scarlet Fire, and I could pick that. And there was an excellent Easy to Love You, which was only played 15 times in 1980, uh, believe it or not. Uh, they, uh, they played it 15 times, and then they revived it in March of 1990. Epic tour, uh, 1990 was fantastic. They played it in Landover, Maryland, revived it. Brent Midland, my favorite. Uh, keyboardist for the Grateful Dead because it was multiple. It was the hot seat. Everybody died except for Bruce Hornsby. Um, fantastic. So you think I'd go with Scarlet Fire, which we covered Fire on the Mountain a bunch of weeks ago. Um, but I'm not going to go with Easy to Love You or Scarlet Fire. I'm going to go with The Music Never Stopped, which was played 236 times by the Grateful Dead. Uh, it was actually only played 15 times in 1980, so just two more times than uh, Easy to Love You. But it closed the set in Milwaukee. It was super bouncy, uh, really fun jam. Um, there was, if you read the reviews, it was a lot of trouble with the the heat were on the Grateful Dead that night, and and whatever goes on, you know, uh, tomorrow actually. At Shoreline uh, starts Dead and Company's tour, which I think our past guest, Mick Larrabee, I think we have tickets lined up. I'm not sure yet, but we'll have to find out. Um, I would listen to May 30th, 1980. I love 1980, probably just because it was the year that I was born. Um, super, super upbeat show. The, you know, uh, music never stopped was... Garcia's guitar was electric, no pun intended, but I think, listen to it, um, 1980 was a fantastic year for the Grateful Dead, um, and so we have so much to talk about tonight, uh, there's, there's notes everywhere, um, it's, we'll get to Melanie Alexander, uh, here in a little bit, but we're sponsored tonight by Alma DM, right, did I say that yes, right? Yes, perfect. Uh, office Suites, find her at almadm.com. Uh, she's, a, she's a licensed massage therapist. I know I pronounce that uh, kind of in a weird way, but that's the way I pronounce it and that's the way I'm going with it. Um, so I think before we see what's on tap, our special evening is our good buddy Rick. It's his birthday tonight. Happy birthday, Rick. Happy so I, birthday. I, I, think, I, think it, I think it's only appropriate to have a birthday sing-along. Yeah. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you.
Excellent, excellent. Uh, are you 20, is it 26? Uh, 23. 23, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so, uh, well, happy birthday, Nick. It's good to have you here and, and all that you bring with you. Um, Ethan, what's on tap tonight? I am actually drinking uh, Yingling from Latrobe, PA, the world's, or the U.S.'s oldest brewery. It's a, uh, one of my favorite beers to drink. I guess it's smooth, easy going. Easy to drink. I am actually drinking from the birthday boy gave me a dogfish head, which is a Grateful Dead beer. I, I think, I, I don't know that I've had this before at, while we've recorded. American Beauty Pale Ale. Um, excellent. It's, it, it, it's very heady beer. Um, but it's, it's flavorful nonetheless. And uh, Melanie, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I had to bring my wine. I don't leave home without it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really passionate about organic, biodynamic wines, especially for athletes, because you will not catch the forbidden wine flu. So it's like drinking velvet. And this is uh, the Mencia variety, which is from Spain. And this particular brand, it only, um, it only has 5,000 cases and then it's gone. It's gone. So you're supporting a smaller local um, Spanish variety there. Well, we like supporting local. Obviously, we're here yeah. at the long run. And so, you know, Ethan's got his local thing with Julia. Um, and obviously, we'll get into a little bit more about your business here shortly on the DM and your entrepreneurial ex spirit. Excuse me, I'm getting tongue twisted already, and the, the night is young. Um, I think first up on tap, Ethan, uh, Thursday night at the track. So let's talk about that again. Yeah, so uh, once again, we're, we're trying to get people out to Thursday night at the track. Um, it's our uh, summer track all comers series, and we've got 100 meters, 400 meters, 800 meters, one mile, 5K, whatever, any of those. 5K, we're going to have people on a 5K. We're going to have a 5K. Oh, yeah. goodness gracious. Uh, 12 and a half laps on the track. Um, oh, as many of those as, events as you want to run for uh, $10. Cool. And uh, all the all the proceeds go to the Tennessee Club running team, right? And they help at, they help out at the track and they do the volunteer work. Um, so that's going to be July 11th, Thursday. We're going to do a uh, I guess I think we're going to do a uh, podcast from the track. Uh, that's on, what it seems like. On yeah. July 11th. That's going to be a remote for us. We have a lot of remotes coming up. Uh, that's not the first one, which we'll get into this I guess probably early next week after today, but. We're going to have a remote Tuesday uh, with uh, Mr. Ted, um, oh goodness, remind me of his last name, I'm going to forget now, Fitzgerald, I Fitzgerald, think. Fitzgerald, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, like well, we'll go back and check it out, but uh, Ted is the owner, operator um, over at Nectar Juice, and I think we're going to do a live thing from his place over on Tuesday, so we got Tuesday coming up a live remote. Uh, we'll have Thursday night at the track. We're going to do a live remote. Um, there's also there's also, uh, one more event. Actually, when, this coming Wednesday, June the fifth. Oh yeah, is uh, I guess officially National Running Day. Every every day is a running day here, but right. it's National Running Day, and we actually have a uh, something going on with Orange Theory cool. uh, Bearden, and so at six p.m. on Wednesday, we're going to start running from here, run over to Orange Theory. It's about two two and a half miles. They're gonna have a draw, uh, prize drawing, and then you run back here, and we're gonna have refreshments and prizes and drinks and stuff. Um, so that's that's Wednesday, 6 p.m. National Running Day. Sweet. 
so lots going on. Um, and then, you know, you're a connoisseur of a lot of things. Uh, and you just recently uh, designed the Hal Canfield Mile. Uh, it's not going to be at the airport this yeah, year, unfortunately. I went, out, I went out and measured the new the new Hal Canfield Mile course, and it's not going to be, unfortunately, at the airport. Um, I guess they didn't want us back. Um, but it's pretty flat. It's got two cone turnarounds. But it's on Severe Avenue down on the south side. Yeah, um, that's flat. It's pretty, it's pretty wide road, so I don't think the turnarounds are going to be too bad. It basically starts and ends at South Coast Pizza, goes almost all the way to Honeybee Coffee. Okay. Turns around and goes back to Trailhead. Oh, right on. And then back uh, to South Coast again. So it'll, okay. be, it'll be a good course. So we need to get in touch with Chris and make sure he's going to have a ton of pizza yep. available and ready for everybody. And that's actually another Thursday night. That June, is a Thursday night. June 20th. Yeah, yeah and so, so a couple of things that night. We need to definitely get in touch with Pam Haggard. Uh, that could be another remote for us, uh, which you know would take us out of the friendly confines of the Bliss Corner here uh, at Trooper's Library. That being said... Uh, you know, if the people want us out there, we got to be, you know, we got to be where the people are. And so, um, June 20th, it's still under, under construction. Um, I think this is a, this is a plug for a previous book that we covered. Uh, Chris Lear's book, Running with the Buffaloes. If you haven't read it, I would recommend you reading it. Um, because we may or may not have a friend of yours, uh, and a friend of, you know, the, the keys people uh, that might we may, we may have forced them to become our best friend for, <laughs> <laughs> for, for a few minutes at, yeah. in the Florida Keys and so he might be on you know it remains to be seen yet um, but uh, he and I were on a cross country team together a long long time ago and so read that book if you haven't read it already June 20th will be uh, I don't know I might have to race. I'm not sure. We have the podcast. Oh, we'll see. And so, uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, chatter from the peanut gallery and the Facebook folk and the Instagram people that want a certain friend of ours, uh, Mr. Andy Jones, to sit in. So maybe that opens up the door for him to sit in, you know, while I'm out racing or you're out racing. Uh, but we'll see. Oh, you know, and so, pretty sure, pretty sure, pretty sure he's going to be beating both of us. <laughs> yes, so. uh, that, that I have no doubt that that would be without without a doubt. Um, and so, I think we're going to go through kind of like a quick recap of uh, NCAA regionals. Uh, Zach Long, Aaron Templeton are two local guys that qualified. Um, Zach in the 5,000 and Aaron in the 5 and the 10,000. Uh, it, it appeared as if Aaron was just kind of chilling. Was just, it was just a qualifier. Yeah, yeah it's, I, don't, I, don't, I can't take anything away from it. He was, only, he was only the 11th out of 12 qualifiers, yeah. which is a little, a little scary. But then when you look at the, the results, he was still something like 10 seconds ahead of 13th place. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think he was well within himself. Yeah, you would think that, you know, he's just obviously looking to get through. Um, and not have to put through much, you know, put forth much effort. And then he came back and um, runs fourteen fifteen, and Zach ran the same thing fourteen fifteen. So they both easily qualify in the five thousand. Uh, so, you know, outside of that, you know, we didn't have many, you know, Krigger 
didn't run well. I think he ran 8.55 or something like that, 8.56. And so he missed, you know, he missed the 3,000 steeplechase. Um, no women that I can think of yeah. ran really well uh, at the regional meet. Um, so, you know, Aaron and Zach are our kind of local, our local, you know, Paced them both in the two mile time trials. You did, yes. Were, that'll when, yes. When they were in high school, that'll be I, written on your grave. You know, I think <laughs> uh, pace. You know, pace these guys in the Hoka Hoka One One. Uh, you know, even though they call it a two mile, it was essentially a thirty two hundred meter time trial. That's all right. We won't get into uh, yeah. We won't get into here. semantics. Uh, but you know, good for Aaron and Zach. Um, you know, both is. Do you know if Aaron is running both the five and the ten? Uh, you know, it, it's not confirmed. Um, I know that when I when I did speak with him prior to the regional meet, he did confirm that he was going to run both. Uh, but I have not spoken to him, or we haven't exchanged messages since he's run at the regional meet. And so, um, note to self, self, I said, send Aaron a text message here in the next couple of days. There you go. And so I'll do that and uh, find out what he's going to do. I can't imagine that he would run both at the regional meet and then not run not contest both at the national meet um you know he's obviously got a lot to contend with those byu guys you know qualifying you know i think like byu a, had a, six yeah, qualifiers six guys, in the yeah. 10k so they got a you know whatever quarter of the field or whatever third of the field there so um but it's, it's still good to see you know local guys uh running well and um you know and I guess that, you know, I read something today quickly on Let's Run. And it's like, you know, this is why they don't follow uh, the NCAA regional qualifying system because essentially that's all it is. It's just a, it's a just first round. Prelims. You know, it's yeah. prelim. And so we're going to brush over that quickly. Um, and But, you know, one of the biggest meets, um, obviously not even just here in Tennessee, but, you know, in, in the country – uh, is the Music City Distance Carnival, uh, which is happening tomorrow and Saturday at Vanderbilt. Uh, there is a boatload of uh, performances that are going to, uh, well, I guess the we'll see what happens. But as far as, I mean, there's Olympians, there's U.S. champions, there is high school studs locally uh, that we'll cover here. Um, Women's 1500 looks good, men's 800. Women's 800, uh, we just got a late scratch from uh, Doug Cross in the Masters Mile, so he won't be running. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, covering the women's 1500, you obviously have Emma Coburn, who's uh, the world champion in, world champion in the steeplechase. Uh, her teammates, uh, Alicia Pratt-Lear and Corey McGee, who went to the University of Florida, sucks for her. Um, and Sierra Brown, um, who's, who might be the favorite. You know, I talked to Dave earlier. She ran 409, whatever, at Princeton a couple, six weeks ago. Yeah, we talked, we actually talked about Sierra Brown a couple weeks ago at the, uh, the World Relays. We did. She, she was in the two by four by, two by whatever two by 400 was, yeah. with Donovan Brazier. And, uh, you know, she looked, she looked pretty strong, so. Yeah, so Coburn um, opens up her season in Nashville. Um, obviously, you know, Dave's done a fantastic job with getting a lot of these athletes in, um, you know, whether it's professional, you know, even the high school kids. Men's 800, uh, 
you know, Big Bird would, you know, probably, you know, he's a, he's a Colorado guy, so Thomas Staines, who's out of CU Pueblo, um, <laughs> goes up against Brandon McBride, excuse me, Brandon McBride, who runs for Adidas. Uh, so that should be interesting. I talked to a friend, Scotty D. Philippus, who knows his parents really well because he used to work at the Runner's Roost in Colorado Springs. Uh, both his parents were Olympians, and um, so it looks like Thomas is going to go. You know, he's going for that. You know, uh, Olympic standard. Uh, he runs for Great Britain, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I Shut think up, I, I think that's right, and so. Uh, men's 800 looks good. Women's 800, ironically enough, we're talking about the women's 800, but there's a high schooler in the race. Uh, Thing Mo is coming off, uh, she ran 600-meter American record in February, and she's going to run against Sammy Watson, who runs for Adidas, Sage Herta. And the only reason why I mentioned Sage Herta is because she's a New Yorker that runs for Colorado, and there's another connection there with CU. Um, and so, interesting, women's 800, uh, you know, I don't obviously. I don't think the high school is the favorite. Obviously, Sammy Watson, who left uh, Texas A&M early and turned pro, I would think that she's probably the favorite going in that women's yeah, 800. Yeah, probably. Um, so we'll brush over that, and uh, you know, we mentioned Doug Cross scratching from the Masters Mile. Shane Healy, who is, I you know, uh, according to the meet director, uh, he ran well. You can check it out yourself. He ran 359 2 in 1994. Uh, he went to Adams State, and um, Adams State, even back, obviously, you know, in the early 90s and late late 80s, early 90s, was a top program, and they remain a top still, program. Still a top program. Still a top program. They, they contend with CU, Colorado State, and uh, Western State, all those good, and Mines now, uh, obviously, in their, you know, D2. Um, and so, uh, what did we cover? We covered we covered the fifteen hundred. I think the thing we missed on the fifteen hundred was the Tennessee soil state soil record happened around the corner at Tom Black Track. Four oh three. Four oh three thirty seven by in the nineteen eighty two at the TAC, which uh, probably only Stewart knows even what the hell that means. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mary Decker Tab ran 403.37 back in 1982 at Tom Black Track. So, um, you know, interesting notes. I think, uh, you know, we look at um, the men's 1500, kind of brush over that quickly. I got to uh, say, I'm going to interject here in the men's 1500. Fine. Uh, my boy, Corey Bellamore, uh, world record holder in the beer mile, yeah. four, 4.34. Ooh. Really? 4.34 beer mile. Yikes. Uh, he's in the 1500, and obviously I don't think he's going to win, but 4.34 for a beer mile. He'll probably hang out at a, you know, hang out. Yeah, he might, he might get out and have a few afterwards. He'll probably get out and have a few afterwards for sure. Um, man, that's stout. Um, so, yeah, the 1500, Andres Arroyo, who went to Florida, unfortunate for him again, <laughs> uh, competes for Puerto Rico, Rob Napolitano, another... It seems like New York, New Jersey Track Club has all of their uh, athletes in yeah. Nashville this weekend. No, uh, Will Will Lear in there, the D three guy. Uh, I, I thought he was running the mile. Is he running the fifteen hundred? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. all right. So another D three guy. Yeah, sure. They're probably all shacking up in uh, Dave's basement. 
Um, <laughs> and so, you know, um, I guess, you know, close to home, you got the boys' mile and the girls' mile happening on, I think it's Saturday, Jake Renfrey, of course. Uh, Catholic boy. I talk about Jake. Jake. Uh, Jeb Jones, who's not too far away in Science Hill. Cole Sprout was the, he was actually, again, everything comes back to Colorado. It doesn't always come back to Bobby like it did a couple of weeks ago. Um, first Colorado high schooler to break nine minutes for 3,200 meters. Ran 857 at 5,500 feet. That's... So maybe Big Bird can speak about uh, how that translates to sea uh, level. So you said. Um, so you said in the boys in the boys high school mile, they they have a pacer to go through twelve hundred and three flat. Three flat. Apparently, so, yeah. You know. So Jake is obviously not by himself. I think you had pointed out uh, that there's a cold pepper in there. Yeah, cruise cruise cold pepper. he's got he's got a little bit of a uh, another CU another CU another yeah son <laughs> everything son, comes back to son, CU son of Alan and yeah. Shane cold pepper yeah. uh, who are both I think I think both Olympians both Olympians and Shane won a bronze medal I think at the Indoor World Championships well, correct me if I'm wrong sometime back a time ago uh, but so that should be a pretty good race obviously on the boys mile Girls Mile, 11 of 13 entrants have run under five minutes this year. Not even looking at personal bests this year. Uh, led by Jenna Hutchins uh, from Science Hill. Uh, I'm going to be wrong, but I think it's 450. Nikki Nariani is in there uh, from Webb. Beth Donnelly from Brentwood. Uh, there's a couple of girls from Florida that are in there. I think there's one or two girls from Mississippi. So that, you know... Whether or not they're able to go after, um, uh, you know, Rebecca Story's state record, you know, you know, in talking to Dave, I, I, I don't recall that there was a pace uh, set for the for the girls' mile, but um, obviously the girls' mile is loaded, you know, yeah. in the high for, for high school for high school stuff. So before I forget, I think the note that we made earlier. <laughs> You know, so the boys are going to go through. At least it's set to go through in three minutes, four-minute pace, obviously for a mile. The last time that a that a high school boy broke four minutes in a high school only mile, like obviously Alan Webb did it. Um, you know, at the pre at the pre meet, and and Jim Ryan did it uh, in high school, but it was in a professional setting. 1968, uh, Tim Danielson. You know, let's hope that um, Jake and Jeb Jones don't follow the way of Tim Danielson, who's now incarcerated. Yeah, he's had some issues. So, yeah, uh, we'll hope for the best. You know, if they break four minutes, I think that'll be great. Uh, obviously, it'll be great for Tennessee running. Um, but let's hope that they stay on the straight I'm, and narrow. I'm pretty and not sure it's still the case that nobody has broken four minutes on Tennessee soil. Uh, Is that true? High school boy? No. Any boy, any person. Bumble. No. Bumble. No. Anthony Famoletti did it in uh, 2005. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know. At, if at, I give myself Tom, a little... Tom Black? Yeah, at, no, he did it in Nashville. At, at oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So in 2005, and actually in 2007, uh, I think that's when Fam did it. Well, maybe it was 2005. Was it 2005? Maybe it was no. UT's track. Yeah. In 2005, I, before, in 2005, hey, this is all about me right now, Dan. <laughs> so I ran uh, the 5K at uh, Dave's meet, 
which I think was like the second second year the meet had been run. Uh, I ran a measly fourteen thirty point nine, uh, and I think that was the year that Fam broke uh, four minutes for the first time. And then I took a year off in two thousand seven. I ran again, and I guess that was the beginning of the end. I got third, and I ran fourteen thirty point nine. So at least I was like somewhat consistent on my tenths. Um, but uh, the men's five thousand, you know, we'll kind of wrap up uh, our MC MCDC chat with that. I think the five the men's five thousand is better than it's ever looked before on paper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know that Dave's ever had. You know, he's got like thirteen thirty guys lined up. You know, back when I was running fourteen thirty, beating out guys. You know that, you know, were little podunks. And so, so if you can get a chance to go out to Nashville this weekend, yeah, go to Vanderbilt, check out the uh, Music City Dis- Distance Carnival. It's, I mean, on paper, it's one of the best meets in the country. For so. sure. One, you know, and I'll take I'll take this from Dave. You know, to finish it up, like Men's Mile tomorrow, Mason Furlick, who is a Michigan guy. Uh, Brandon Lasser, Wesley Pechtel. The original Pechtel, big bird, I think, is uh, Mason Furlick. Wesley Pechtel, an ETSU guy. So he's, he's kind of local. He's Greenville. Uh, started at Auburn, and he's finished up at ETSU. He's in, he's in uh, medical school now at ETSU. He's going to run the mile. Um, yeah, it looks like a fantastic meet. Go, if you're in Nashville, check it out. You know, If you have nothing else to do. Uh, then drive to Nashville and, and, and check out the meet because it, I think it's going it, to obviously it'll be the best meet not televised you know on NBC Sports it'll be on flowtrack.org um, but you won't be able to see uh, you know Dave running around like a lunatic with a microphone in his hand you know doing whatever it is that he does um, so we're at, our, we're at our halfway split uh, and now we finally, after a long-awaited, um, she's been sitting next to us, sipping on her wine, we get in <laughs> to welcome Melanie Alexander. Melanie, it's good to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm a huge fan of the long run. Julia, Connor, and Ethan have just done the best job ever because it's more than just an apparel store. It's a community because I'm looking out here and seeing... A lot of people here giving love to this podcast. Well, most of them are here for Tuggy. Let's, <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for having me. Well, it's good to have you here. Um, obviously, there's so much that we need to talk to, or we, we can talk to you about. Um, obviously, you know, by trade, I guess you're a massage therapist. I am. I'm a licensed massage therapist, and I'm, I'm certified in quite a bit of modalities, um, I know that we're going to be talking about techniques of massage, yep. um, but it's really important that everybody know that there are all kinds of different modalities of massage, so it's really important to know what it is your need is so that you can pair yourself with the right therapist. So, well, let's, let's, let's go on that a little bit. Like, tell Absolutely. us a little bit more about you know, the modalities that you use as far as when you're working with you know, whether they're high-performance athletes or, you know, kind of your, you know, people that just, you know, exercising just to stay in shape. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I personally work with four different divisions of massage. So I work with high-performance athletes. I do chronic pain management. I do oncology. 
and then I work with prenatal. Sure. And so I use um, a technique mostly for my runners that's called myofascial release. And I treat the body holistically. So I don't believe that you can separate the mind, the body, and the spirit. I believe it's like a clover. It's three in one. And so... Um, you know, there are so many benefits that you have to massage. They, it improves your mental health, your physical stamina, you get better night's sleep, you have faster recovery if you're training or have injury. Um, you can actually eliminate trauma through the body by healing the soft tissues of the body. And I work a lot with redirecting what's called neuromuscular memory. So what that means in the runner's world is that you have two different states that you can be in. One is a correcting phase, and then one is called the conditioning phase. And to, so to explain that, the correcting phase is, oh no, I have been injured, or something doesn't feel right, or I don't feel my body is in proper alignment, I need to reach out to my massage therapist. And this is where if you have the right kind of rapport with your massage therapist, you can have a consultation where you talk about that issue and then you design a treatment plan to specifically correct that issue. Now, after we've moved through and we've corrected, most enter into what's called a conditioning state. So it's just like how you're trying to condition yourself to be able to run a 5K at a certain pace. Massage therapists, we get the patient conditioned so that they can maintain whatever homeostasis that is for the athlete. So you need a massage therapist, whether or not you're in a correcting phase where you're trying to bring healing and balance back into your body, or if you're trying to maintain that conditioned, beautiful state. So we keep our athletes like well-oiled machines. So you want to be looking for a massage therapist that above all else understands that you can't just treat the body. It's a very superficial concept to think that you can just treat that. It's really about, for me, the mind, body, and soul connection. Well, so, yeah, well, I feel like you just covered uh, half of what we were gonna talk about, but obviously um, you've created multiple social, social, what was I gonna say again? Social, spiritual, conscious companies from the ground up. Uh, you've been known as an innovator, a thought leader, entrepreneur, and founder of Alma DM. Obviously, office suites there over there on South Peters, right? Yes. Um, so, what you house is uh, entrepreneurs under one roof, while also existing as an inspiration, I think, for the general public. And I think, you know, that's why, you know, when we were talking, you know. Obviously, Ethan and I go back and forth, and we got a bunch of soundboards at 5.30 in the morning, but your personal brand of healing arts, massage therapy, and life coaching is, it helps to transform the lives of others, and, you know, inspiring and awakening, you know, possibilities within, and, and you know, we had, we had talked a little bit earlier today, and uh, for better or for worse, you know, it kind of jarred a couple of things in my brain, um, and so there's a lot that we can talk on here. Where do we start? Yeah, that's a start great, 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 great question. So um, basically, I guess what, where we can start is kind of how this came to be for me. 
So I actually was selling pianos for a living and thought I'd found my dream wow. job as, um, as a um, music lover. And Steinway, what kind of pianos? Yeah, mostly were they Steinway? Steinway and Kauai. Excellent. And I absolutely loved it because I've been a musician my whole life since I was four years old. And I really felt like I found my dream job in selling pianos because it was business and sales and it was music until the economy crashed. And then and nobody, yeah, nobody <laughs> was buying these pianos. And you have to understand that selling Kauai's and Steinway's is like $120,000 units. And so I went into what I call spiritual discernment about what was going to be next for my life. And I really thought about going back into nursing. But having studied music in university, I was basically going to have to start from the beginning again. And so my girlfriend, who was a massage therapist, said, Melanie, why don't you look into massage? And so I took a tour. You mean massage. Massage. <laughs> tomato, tomato, potato, potato. And so I took a tour of the massage school here in town and I knew I was home. I loved the anatomy, the physiology, the kinesiology. And after graduation, I got the education of a lifetime because I got to go to Norfolk, Virginia. So Ethan, you were in the Navy, were you there? I was only in Charleston. You're in Charleston? Okay. Tomato, tomato. It was a tough life I had in Charleston. Yeah, yeah. on the beach yeah. there, yeah. yeah. Well, I got to go to Norfolk, Virginia Beach, and I started right from the beginning of my career working in medical massage. So I worked primarily with wounded warriors and their rehab. And this is where I started to get to know the athlete. And I started learning about their structure, how they nurtured each other through fellowship, and how massage was bringing healing into their lives. So it really started getting interesting with those who had lost limbs in battle because they were having phantom pain with something that didn't even exist. And that's when I started studying what's called the neuromuscular connection. And so I don't know, audience, how many of you runners out there have a reoccurring injury? Say I. I. Okay, so you would come to a, a therapist. <laughs> you would come to a therapist I, like me. I could be one of them. Too. You could be one of them. And so, what we need to do is not just massage that area and send you on your way, but that injury is going to keep coming up, probably for a reason beyond just the body function. And so, what I do is we talk about that within the scope of my practice, and then we write a treatment plan. And usually that's with this technique called myofascial release. So what the heck does that mean? Well, myo, M-Y-O, means muscle, mm -hmm. and fascia is that connective tissue in the body. So if anybody has ever seen, like when you pull a chicken apart, sorry, to offend the vegans out there, but when you yeah, pull like that, live. yeah, when, <laughs> when you pull that chicken apart and you see not the fat, but that white stringy stuff, that's the fascia. Well, we have just learned in 2018 through Harvard Medical Review that right. yeah, you said that earlier, right? Yeah. That where humans store trauma in the body is through the soft tissues, and the definition of massage is that we manipulate the soft tissues of the body. So your trauma is being stored in your muscles and in the fascia. And so what I do is I go in and I use these techniques, myofascial release, to release right. those. And so I have a lot of people talking to me when I'm working with them on the table about their issues, um, their personal lives, their traumas and their pain, because as I'm working these muscles, those memories are being released. 
It's just like how you guys can write really well with one hand, but maybe not so much with the other. And so all of that memory comes up and we bring awareness to that because awareness is the first step of healing. And then all of a sudden through the mind, body, and soul connection of which massage is the activator and the healer, we start healing these issues. And all of a sudden you guys are hitting PRs and you're happier and you're healthier and you're mentally more stable and you're getting better night's sleep and you're recovering. And so that is the process that I hope to explain today to runners about what massage can open up for you. So even beyond your training, there's more. There is this sort of sense of what you can accomplish beyond that. Because for me, as a, not an athlete like you guys. Oh, I, it's only him. Yeah. yeah, well, I will say that I, all I do for exercise is move my, move my body every day. <laughs> But I can say that I have seen people that really commit to this path be able to apply what they can do on the track to other aspects of their life as well. Right. And so th there's obviously so many different avenues we can go with this because, um, you know, I, you know, where do we go? I mean, there's there's so many. There really is so many different avenues. Right. So like because yeah. you know someone who you know used to run, you know at a at a relatively high level. Uh, I I had a massage therapist all the time that worked on me, and 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 it obviously you know uh, it worked obviously at that time, um, and now I don't. Uh, and I probably need one because and tell of us all, why you need one uh, because of all the aches and pains that I have <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes I'm still able to navigate myself through different workouts with these guys and uh, for better or for worse and you know I, I, I still you know I wake up with with different aches and pains and different and, and you know in, in a variety of places back and and uh, glutes and hamstrings and different places um, and obviously, you know, there, there's a lot of other things that probably are underlying. I understand that. Um, you know, and that's probably maybe another time, another place. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, Ethan doesn't seem – when he gets injured, he's injured, but he doesn't seem to be injured for all that long. Well, that's because I'm his massage <laughs> Well, yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. I, another, that is... another note to self. <laughs> right, self, right. You know, so um, there's. I have some... to, I have to say that I did not. I did not believe that plantar fasciitis could be cured through massage. I didn't think that it. I didn't think that was. Possible. I think the physical therapist in the house is it plantar fasciitis anymore? Isn't it called? Isn't it called something else? He's on his phone. Fasci oh, fasciopathy. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's okay. like tendonitis is tendinopathy now. Whatever. They don't want to be. They don't, they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to back to no corner. Apathy is a, a <laughs> yeah. encompassing, all encompassing. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to. So they don't. They won't get sued. But uh, I, I have to say that it, it is possible to cure, to actually cure plantar fasciitis, fasciopathy. Fasciopathy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, through through your massage, pronunciation is, is much better than mine, which is point. you know pretty impressive because yeah. you know that's that's something that you know almost every runner ever yeah. has dealt with at some point in their life. Pretty much, I deal with it every single morning as I run out. <laughs> 
the guys are coming out and I have to make sure that like my calves and you know everything are stretched you should see a massage therapist though. yes exactly well, but know, like let's talk yeah. about plantar fasci what opposite <laughs> So basically, if you think about it, you runners that are hitting this pavement every day are creating muscle memory through your feet. And yeah. so, you know, the first thing that I do in terms of uh, plantar fasciitis is talk about your shoes to make sure that the athlete is in the right shoe. And so I'm a huge, huge believer in recovery shoes like Ufos that we love so much. And I make sure yeah. that um, these runners are in the right fit for their shoe and that they are also doing a recovery shoe as well. And then of course, because you're creating that muscle memory over and over and over again as you hitting, you're hitting the pavement and neuromuscularly, the feet are connected to the foundation in which you stand. So something interesting about runners is I find that they are among the most intelligent, the most successful, the most productive, um, focused present, present company excludes <laughs> <laughs> people on the planet. Um, I guess that's why you guys are kind of my heroes. I'm really inspired by the spirit, <laughs> the spirit of, of runners. And so with that fasciitis, that foundation of which you stand, you know, that's where all the tension is coming out. And so I use myofascial techniques to break up that fascia. Again, note to self, I need to make an appointment because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things that need to be broken up, you know, lot, lot, well, yes, lots of things that need to be broken up. Yeah, and the other uh, thing too that yeah. I think is really important for athletes with their massage therapist is that typically we are not the star athletes that you guys are. And so what that means is, or is once, that... once were. Or, well, no, no. But I think that what's special about that is we are sort of once removed from your journey. And so we can create a space, a safe space, where we can appreciate with new eyes and a new level what your training is and what you go through. Because when you talk among your peers, you guys have those shared experiences. But sometimes it's nice to have somebody outside of that world who can have a bird's eye view, a different perspective on your training, on patterns that they recognize in your body, um, that they can bring awareness to you right. about. I would agree. I mean, you know, I mean, heck, how often do we float ideas, you know, back and forth between you, me, and Jonesy, and, you know, Justin, and everybody else that we run with, you know, uh, I think. Well, it's just like having a coach who's outside who's outside of your group, who can, yeah. who can or outside of yourself, who can look at your your training plan and say, "This is what you're missing, or this is what you're doing wrong, or this is someone who's not you know that you know involved in it." 100%. Yeah, like directly connected yeah. to it. Well, and here's something that I'm like super super passionate about too, is I feel like massage has gotten this sort of stereotype that it's only for luxury. It's only for that cruise or that vacation or Valentine's Day is this sort of spa, what I call fluff and buff experience. And I, when I go into a massage, I don't want to hear Enya and have candles burning. I right. want to get like, I want you, you to dig in your right, elbow. And, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like Enya, but I don't want to hear it when I'm sure, you know, getting a massage. Sure. And, yeah. you know, that's why my practice is not traditional because it's bright and it's light, and we're not playing Enya, and yeah. we're consulting and talking, and we're bringing healing and awareness into the body system. But I hope that, you know, anybody that's listening 
well, book a massage. Don't worry, nobody listens to this. Don't say that. And it doesn't have to. I'm not trying to like self-promote myself, but I'm just saying. Well, 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 you should. Well, find find whomever it is that resonates with your mind, body, and soul, who will really, really listen to you, and who is trained and qualified in the modalities. So, if you're a runner, you want to look for sports medicine. You want to look for myofascial release. And you want to look with some, you want to look for somebody that's very very well educated and, and carries a diploma in anatomy, physiology, and kinesiology. Um, I love working with the PTs out there, so I think that there was some PT in the house. There's one. Um, but I love I love working with phone. with yeah, the PTs. Um, and you should have this sort of um, dovetailed synergy between a good physical therapist and a massage therapist. I agree. You know, I I, I actually couldn't agree anymore. Um, back 15 years ago when I was training for real, you know, in quotations, um, you know, I had, I worked with a physical, physical therapist and I had a massage therapist that I worked with regularly, uh, and, and obviously my coach at the time, and they were all more or less kind of in unison, and so everything kind of came together, you know, the training stuff was, my coach dealt with it, the strength portion, he dealt with it, the massage stuff, and so it all kind of came together. And I think, um, you know, I think kind of, we might be at our bell lab. I think we're ready for the book. Um, which I think oh, Melanie yeah. has so kindly offered to Trooper's Library here, sitting at the Bliss Corner, uh, is... Uh, yeah, Louise Hayes, um, Heal Your Body. And so this is what I keep in my personal practice, and I wanted to donate it to the long run. Uh, because what it is, is it's a reference manual for neuromuscular connection. So if you have an injury, you can actually look it up in here, and it can bring awareness to what mind-body-soul connection may be going on with that illness. So for example, if you have a hurt hamstring, Perhaps you are hamstrung Did in your life. Did we talk earlier about my hurt hamstring? Is that, what, <laughs> is that why you're referencing that? Yeah. So, like, if you have a, a, a hamstring issue, that can often mean that you're hamstrung in your life. If you have a knee injury, that can sometimes mean perhaps you're not being flexible with bending in your life. If you have a back ache, it doesn't typically mean that you feel like you're supported, like the base of who you are is being supported. And so, this is just a fun little reference manual to bring awareness to the mind, body, soul connection. Louise. Hay, who passed away uh, last year at 91 in her sleep. She owns Hay House Publishing, which is my dream to be published by that publisher one day. So stay tuned for my book, um, Tales Well, from if the you table. want me to write the forward and... Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I can't let you say goodbye without saying that um, Alma Diem Office Suites, which is located at 222 South Peters Road, we have a suite available. So if you are a practitioner or looking for office space, give us a call. I think, I don't, you know, Ethan can speak up because obviously, you know, you've been a therapist to him. Uh, a few years. For, yeah. For yeah. A few, seven yeah. years? Several, several, Julia, several years. Seven years. Seven years. Several, several years. Several years. Uh, I need to get on that protocol uh, because there's a lot of things that, you know, it, it's amazing. I have friends in town who are physical therapists and they can't fix shit. And so, oh uh, no! <laughs> 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 
zero. Uh, but that, yeah. And so you get what um, you pay for, Patrick. That, well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pay for what you get. Dave Matthews sang a great tune about that one, Birthday Boy. Um, but anyway, I kid. Uh, it's been fantastic to have you here. Thank you so much. I think so we much. covered different things than what we normally cover. Yeah. Uh, which is good. It kind of opens up people's mind to, to broad, different Broaden your horizons. Yeah, and... right. And so... Um, we have to have you on here again sometime oh, soon. I would love that. Thank you so um, much for this opportunity. Thank you. I think it's been fantastic. Thank Thanks. you. We'll, we'll see you again. All right. Thank Until you. next okay. time. Yeah, until next time. <laughs>